Let my heart sing an old river song As we journey back where I belong Where the wind comes to say To the river each day Roll on, roll on, Saskatchewan Welcome back to episode roll number on, six of Live in Five I am your co-host, DJ Swish from 93.1 The Fella Joined, as always, by my co-host, Gage Azo Osmus, and our producer, Jackie Ferda Mason. Brought to you always by 10K Takes and Butter Golf. Butter Golf is the official sponsor of Live and Five. Head over to butter.golf for all your golf and lifestyle clothing needs. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Quickly before we get going, folks, if you haven't already, Please subscribe to our YouTube page over at Live and Five. It'd be much appreciated. Check out the boys. See how we're doing. See the game film, baby. Stay a while. And on that note, Azo, brother, episode number six. Hey, baby. Nice little fall Saturday to hear. How we doing? Well, we're doing pretty well. <clears throat> like you said, it's a nice fall Saturday. You know, I've got the uh, got the crew neck on. I was wearing. Uh, you know, a button-up uh, kind of plaid shirt, you know, one of those fall shirts, get the jeans yes. out, you know. It's it's fall style in terms of clothing and, and you know, your outfits that you're wearing, it's the best. You, you got the best style, you know, you got the yes. long sleeves on, you know, you're not not too hot. Yes, you know, you're not just, sweating your ass off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all time. But, yeah, we're doing well. Um, we've got an unreal show for you guys. We've got Darren Dreger coming on. Huge, huge beauty. Obviously knows the game of hockey better than I ever will. Um, so it's great to get him on. And uh, thanks for Jordan for setting that up. Obviously, it's a big pull for us getting drags. Yeah, so. that's per Darren Drager, confirmed per Darren Drager. Just, uh, you know, the hockey TSN insider, one of the disciples, I guess, of Bobby Margarita McKenzie, you know, a guy that has the ins and out of the game, knows exactly what's going on, you know, on every team. And has a really good pulse of the league. So one of the founding fathers of TSN, especially as one of their insiders, it's always awesome to get a guy on like that. I think the folks will really like that. And like you said, also that fall weather, you know, we're kind of inching towards it over here in Scottsdale. It's still, fuck, man. It's still 100 degrees today, though. You know, I can't put the Paul crew neck on. Really? You know, and swag out and, and have the chain out like you. Yeah, I know, man. I'm yeah. I'm still in the white beater, you know, the sweat my ass off. I was driving the Bronco yesterday trying to get, you know, from the DMV to emissions testing. And I'm my back was just fucking leaking on that leather. You know, we, that thing doesn't exactly have the cooling seats on it. So. We're still a little spooky hot over here. I think around Halloween probably is when it really starts to cool off. But yeah, still a little bit of a sauna down here. So we're not we're not quite there yet in terms of the mini weather. What's it like there right now? Is it like 60? What is it? Yeah, I mean, today, I think it's like 60, 63, 64 out sun, sun shining. You know, it's it's uh, blue skies. It's great. It's my favorite weather. It's it's the best weather to golf in, I think. It's the best weather to watch a football game in. You know the falls are or the the leaves are turning color. They're they're falling off the trees. It's it's just a great time of year. I love it. We've got football. We've got playoff baseball, hockey starting. It's uh, it's yeah, it's, it's the greatest time of the year. But it's also kind of sad because then you got the you, you got the you got the snow coming here. You got the cold coming. Yeah. And it's like holy fuck, we're in for one now. 
Yeah, you turn the clocks back and all of a sudden the whiskey comes out and, you know, it's it's just not perfect. The sun's going down at 4 or 5 o'clock and that's when you really kind of got to grind. But in terms of the next six weeks, bro, you got to enjoy it, baby, because that Midwest fall ball, it's the best. So what are you doing this weekend? What do you what do you got? Are you massaging yeah. the night or what are we doing? Yeah, so I actually, uh, my girlfriend convinced me to go out with her uh, with her friend and her boyfriend. It's actually a good dude. Oh, my uh, Freddie Couples. Yeah, Freddie Couples. Freddie Couples trip went went to the old puttery. It's called downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, uh, they have one here, right by me. Do they? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's a mini putt place. It's a bar. Is it cool? It's it's decent. Something Would to do, I get, right? You know, yeah, something to do. It's a good double date thing. You know, am I going back? Probably not. But am I mad I went? No, it was a good time. Right. Um, and that, you did that yesterday, go. you said? Yeah, I did going, that yesterday. Take an edible, have, have six, yep. you know, just kind of work on your stroke. It's kind of nice, too. You can kind of get on the felt a little bit and roll a few rocks, you know, work on your game, baby. Right. Because it's, it's drive, nice to work on that stroke. It's always right, nice to work on the stroke. As they say, Azo, as you know, it's not how you drive. It's how you arrive, baby. Right. So you got to have that flat <laughs> stick working. hundred percent. And I was, uh, you know, obviously trying to show up the girls, you know, like act like I know what I'm doing here. Yeah, trying to, act like trying to, you know, I've played billiards. This is the angle you want to hit it off there. You know, you want to. Right. You know, it's you kind of, I got to play some billiards out there when you're playing mini putt. There, you got to got to get the angles down. You know, yeah. try to get the happy Gilmore. Find your happy place. Hundred percent. You guys know that I'm a fucking eight handicap, and I shot. I broke eighty twice this summer. Like fuck you. <laughs> you know, I'm the fucking man. You know, so yeah. that's always funny. Um, but yeah, Mace, what's up with you, bro? How we doing? Are you fucking going to a disco biscuit show again, or what? Are we getting into a rave? What What are you doing this weekend, baby? Uh, well, not too much. Last night was not too much. Just my sister and her friend came up, so I just hung out, played some games, had a couple beers, whatnot, and then yeah, tonight might be running it back to the old Skyway Theater in Minneapolis, catching okay. another show. Yeah, bring your flashlight. Still unconfirmed at the moment, but. We'll see. We'll see what the night takes us. Who's uh who's snapping it over there tonight? Who we got on stage? Uh it's a guy called Cranked at. He oh made like God. a ton of remixes back in the day. Is that Soldier Boy? I was gonna is say, is that Soldier that Soldier no. Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Are you cranking that thing one time, baby? Shit, I might have to. I might have to pull it out once or twice. The move, son. Come on, player. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Oh, that's funny, but yeah, over here, boys, in the desert, uh, last night, went to dinner, folks are in town, Nikki is plus one, Abby, shout out Verona, Wisconsin, what a gal, but yeah, boys, 30th birthday celebrations are on for your boy Jay Swish, you know, it's kind of crazy how it goes, you know, I'm driving around today, did a little workout, and I'm just, I got that Tug McGraw my next 30 years just on repeat, you know, it's just funny yeah, how yeah. you turn 21, then about you go on about a nine year bender and you're like kind of come out of the fog. You're like, fuck, fella. I'm 30 goddamn years old on Sunday. What's going on here? I mean, I'm like a fine wine, but you know, holy shit. That's not uh, I feel like you're kind of closing a chapter on things, Oslo. So goddamn, man. 30 years old think, on Sunday, boys. 
you know, picture yourself when you were like 12 years old and you, you look at a 30 year old and you're like, holy fuck, that guy's so old. Yeah. And then and then you get there, you get to that age and you're like, God damn, I still feel like I'm fucking 16, 18 years old, man. I, I, I still got fucking life in me, man. A hundred percent. And like just playing it back, I feel like, I mean, we're going to be up in Grand Forks for our live show at Joe Black's. Folks, you won't want to miss that. That is October 21st, Saturday, 3 p.m., the Live and Five crew uh, with Heater, Robbie Gucci. So anyways, just kind of tying that into things. Um, you know, I'm going to be 30. I'm going to be – I'm looking to go to the pita pit, Ozzy. Like, I'm looking to throw nuggets. I'm looking to get on the beer pong floor and, and shoot with whoever some of the boys. Hopefully they get a Saturday night win. And is that crazy to say that I'm a 30-year-old and I'm trying to go to a college party? Like, fuck off. You know, I'm going to live, baby. Fuck no, no. We're we're heading to the college party, hundred percent. I went last year, I think. Um, I went to one of them. It's, it's why not? You know, a fucking. I don't care. It's not like I'm yeah. walking around trying to wheel their girls. You know, I'm just there right. to have a good time. You know, just fucking hang out with the boys. Tell them they fucking passed the puck around pretty well last night and good Absolutely. win, fellas. Hopefully, you know, like nicely done out there. Fuck the golfers. Let's fucking have a couple. Absolutely, and I I just always look back to my sophomore year when Mike Commodore was in town and, you know, he was probably a little bit older than I am now, 33, 32 to 34 range. And he brought our sociology professor, Frank White, to the party. And Francis at the time was damn near 60, probably 65. So if Francis White can be at a party, why can't Jay Swish and Oz will be there? Like, come on, we still got <laughs> throw 20. We got a long runway here, brother. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank. So, um, yeah, no, I think today, obviously, I'm going to do a little celebrate. I'm going to go actually watch Deion Sanders hopefully take the screws to the Arizona State Sun Devils. That is over on ASU's campus. The Buffaloes today, minus 3.5. So I'm going to be heavy cheddar on Dion. I'm actually uh, going to be on the field. I uh, got a little plug there in terms of someone in the athletic department. So really? I'm going to be on the felt for warmups. I'm hopefully going to, you know, kind of snake my way through Dion's security. And I'm hoping to dap him up, man. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah. You got to act like you're supposed to be out there. Like, the, like they should exactly. want you out there, you know, like yeah, walking exactly. around like, hey, what's up? Like just dapping up everyone you can. Like, hey, boys, good luck out there. Good luck today. Like, right. hit them hard. Hit them hard, baby. 100%. <laughs> and I got my Saskatchewan Rough Riders jersey on right now. How are you? So I'm going to be rolling in to ASU Sun Devil Stadium with a Sasky Rough Riders Canadian Football League jersey on with a name bar on the back. Pilsner actually uh our good buddy Rhett Gardner his dad's friend had this jersey and uh I think he kind of was looking to get rid of it or give it to someone special and Guardsy I don't know why but he gifted me this jersey and I was so jacked so today boys I got two, my four. two four on Sasky Rough Riders it doesn't come out a whole lot but for the birthday weekend I got it on baby and yes let's fucking ride on the Buffaloes today after that Ozzo probably a little dinner Probably go to the bar for one, stay for two, home by three kind of night. So I'm fired the fuck up. Those are the best nights. Just <laughs> just get a football, college football game. You know you're going oh, yeah. to the bar after. I mean, yeah. you got the birthday, so you, you know it, there's no red light there. There's It's like there's nothing holding you back. I mean, it's the, the world is yours for the taking. Oh, yeah. You got that stupid little shit grin on your face the whole day, just, you know, high-stepping it. Night at the Roxbury kind of head, Bob. You're just fired up, man. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm juiced, fella. That's going to be a great little day. But before we get to that, I guess we kind of start at the top here. Hockey Canada, fella. 
Um, they came out with a new rule. I believe it was implemented on September 13th, but it's kind of just making headways as of now. Kids in a youth locker room now can't shed the laundry. So what that means is basically you have to come to the rink with your under gitch on. And for folks that don't know what gitch is, it's your spandex shorts. It's, you know, maybe a, your first base layer. You know, and before in a hockey locker room, like no matter what the ages were, you, you know, you take your fucking boxers off that you wore to school, put your spandex on, maybe your hose comes out, the boys see it, big fucking deal. You take a shower after, no problem. But Hockey Canada now, Ozzy, you can't shed your laundry in a locker room, a minor hockey locker room, so youth players. And you also, if you want to shower, it is now encouraged to wear a swimsuit. Like, how fucking ridiculous is this, man? Like, what are we promoting? Like, it's just I, who, insane. What, who, I'm just under, I'm trying to understand why they made this rule. You know, was it, was it, was it some guy who, you know, is a grower, not a shower, and he shrivels up in the shower and he's like, fuck it, I don't want these kids to go through what I went through. You know, all my right. friends thought I had a, know tiny dick and fucking i can't let those kids go through that you know it's like what what, what's the reason i don't i don't i don't understand it i I just don't understand it i guess i don't i don't don't either because if if you feel uncomfortable enough to not want to get changed in a locker room you could always come with your stuff on or you could even go to the handicap stall and change in there if you feel shame but you shouldn't have to like it shouldn't be a rule that applies to all like it's not a big deal that's a part about being in a locker room is you fucking it's just normal life you just take your shit off you put your gitch you know your underwear on and then you put your nut cup on and that's that it's it shouldn't be a thing where it's like disallowed like what are we encouraging at this point i mean and i know it's not in the u.s but in terms of hockey canada like it shouldn't it shouldn't be just a thing like you should have an option to do whatever you want to do and i just think it's like these things like this just it just hurts like the youth players because it's just it makes it weirder you know it's just it's- weird it makes it weird. And, and yeah, if you, like you said, if you don't like to do it, you know, there were always home dressers. There were always guys right. who didn't shower after they showered at home. Right. Big whoop. I, I, it's just, I, I just, yeah, I, I guess I don't understand why it has to be this way. I guess it's just, uh, it's I, imagine, imagine bringing your fucking swimsuit to the ring. Cause you got a shower. That's just like weird. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, if you're gonna, I mean, so, so what if you see a hose? Oh, nice wrench, buddy. You went through puberty oh. before me. Holy fuck! You gotta have hammer there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! God, I have hair on my fucking under my armpits, and I got nothing on my nuts, and they haven't dropped oh, yet. Like Jesus Christ! Nice fucking wrench, like, fella. Have you used that thing yet? Yeah, it's always funny seeing those kids too. I mean, that was the best part. You know, you're like you're fucking twelve years old, and one of these kids got a full bush and a fucking huge hammer. It's like Jesus Christ! I don't even have. Yeah, like, I didn't have peach fuzz down there right now, fella. Like, I, 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 are you 15? Are you 16? Yeah, fucking like, clean Jesus. that thing up, too. Holy George W. Bush, kid. Like, Jesus. So, I don't know. It's just a weird thing to, like, implement a rule like that. And I just think, are, like, that's not these, hockey. That's not sports. It's just weird. Oh, are these kids going to be shell-shocked now, you know, when they when they grow up and they go into this these public gyms, you know, like, I'm going in the Y. You know, I'm going to the Y. I'm going to get a sauna in. And I walk in, and I just I'm just, bam. I see, you know, six yeah. dicks, right. six, you know, 60 year old cocks sitting right. out, you know, like, and I'm, and I'm used to it. I'm like, fuck, you know, I've been walking in fucking places like this since I was 10 years old. You know, now these kids, they're going to, they're going to walk into the Y when they get older and be like, Jesus, fucking put a swimsuit on. These older guys would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a goddamn locker room. 
Yeah, or even when you go to junior hockey or, you know, if, you, yeah. if you're good enough to level up and it's all of a sudden it's a weird thing and you've got, you know, your first round pick from the year before the OHL and all of a sudden he's got a swimsuit on, like, fella, come on, you know. So <laughs> that's weird, but just staying on the ice with it. Um, Trevor Zegris, he was ultimately ended up taking a, uh, a bridge deal over there in Anaheim. I believe it was three years with an AAV at 575, so just under six. Jordan, so do you know, Jordan, do you know what he was trying to get? Like, I don't, now? I don't exactly know. You know, I talked to, you know, some sources around the league, some people kind of in and around Anaheim. And I, I was thinking he, or from what I was told, he wanted a longer term deal, right? Like all of his buddies got like Caulfield, you know, he's not yeah. part of that 2001, 2002 kind of U.S. program um, yeah. team. So you guys like Caulfield, guys like Jack Hughes, even Quinn Hughes is kind of in that mix. So mm-hmm. I think he saw all of his buddies get these big time deals, you know, eight times eight or yeah. eight times eight and a hook. And he was really offended by that because his numbers, you know, arguably are on par with that, if not better than a guy like yeah. Paul Caulfield. So Patty Verbeek was playing hardball with him, and he was just like, look, you know, you probably don't play defense. You don't really play a team game. You play one side of the puck. And I think he was just really grinding them down to a point where he could get them ultimately on a bridge deal. And I thought for Zegris, maybe even take just a one-year deal, you know, in terms of yeah. if he was really going to slash them like that. But yeah. I think he's going to be a little underpaid just in terms of his numbers, how he grows the game. Now, do I love his game? Not really. So I think it's kind of a fair deal. But we'll see how Z does on the fact with that. But his first practice, man, with this new coach, Greg Cronin, was hilarious. So he gets on the ice, obviously missed, you know, the first two and a half, three weeks of camp, finally gets on the sheet. And Cronin, or from the video that I saw, had him to kind of do this iron cross drill. So what the iron cross drill is, is you go to one of the dots. This time it was in the D zone, just off the right side. And you ultimately kind of just do like a iron cross so you go up to the top of the circle you go back to the middle then you go east then you come back west back all the way down to the base of the circle and then back so it's a it's a bag skate kind of drill right ozzy we've all done it oh yeah it's uh it's pretty hard especially you know the more reps you get but the video was hilarious because cronin just like calls him over takes his stick and just throws it to the corner like (laughs) i don't know if he was like trying to like set like a hardo example and what he was doing because I think he's kind of like that old school hardo and you know first year coach probably trying to make an impression with a younger player especially that held out so it was just yeah. funny seeing that because you you could see that Zegris was kind of taken back from that and then after the practice they kind of interview Z you know how was your first practice how was it with the boys he's like yeah it was great you know it was good to get out there he's like how was it your first interaction with uh your coach he's like Oh yeah, it was great. I'm really going to learn how to play defense this year. And you could sense the sarcasm. So I just, let's keep an eye on it this year in terms of that relationship. Cause I don't think it's going to be great. I think it's uh, two guys that don't exactly see the game the same way. Yeah. I I don't, I've never met Zgras. Obviously, you know, you know who he is in the media a little bit. You can kind of get a feel for who he is, what type of person he is. Um, Cronin was actually, Cronin was actually the head coach for the Colorado Eagles when I was in camp there uh, my last year pro so I got a little, got a little dose of Cronin and um, that's as, that's as close to an, a drill sergeant as you can get in hockey. I think it was, uh, he was very intense, very drill sergeant like. And when I think about Zgross, man, and, and we talked about last week with like the old timers, like Bill Belichick and, you know, you gotta, and, and uh, Babs and Torts, you know, you gotta kind of, kind of grow with the times and, I don't know if this Cronin guy has grown with the times. He's kind of, he's very old school, man. I, I, 
Yeah. Maybe this. Bird. Maybe maybe that Ducks team needs it though, because they're fucking terrible. So. Yep. I mean, I don't know how they can get worse, but yeah, it's just Cronin's first shot at at the head coaching gig in, in the NHL. Like he's been an assistant for a yep. little while. Yep. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how he handles this. And like you said, I I don't have too high of hopes for this because I don't think those players on on the Ducks this year are that type of player and like Zegras no. definitely isn't like, he's going to hate this season. He's going to, I think he's going to hate it. hundred percent. It's just funny how like the ebbs and flows go with like teams and organizations. Like they go from like a player's coach to a hardo to kind of whip, you yeah. know, right the ship. And then they go back to the player's coach. So I just think in terms of a relationship, you got a guy that wants to go out there and just do the Michigan twirl around, you know, think of these <laughs> yeah. plays that are just like roller hockey plays, be on the cover of yeah. EA sports, <laughs> Wheeling down probably in Newport Beach with a Bronco with a shirt off, probably half cooked, and you got a drill sergeant for a coach. I just don't think those relationships <laughs> ever mesh because the personalities are just so different. <laughs> oh, no. It can't be good. And, and I think, you know, Zegra is probably considered their best player, right? The Ducks' best player. Their I would think so, yeah. Troy, I mean, Troy Terry's up Troy there, Terry's too. Troy Terry's pretty good, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting uh, best player, head head coach, boss in relationship there that I, I don't think it's going to go well, but we'll see who knows, yeah. who knows. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one, but fella throwing it across the diamond here. How about those Minnesota Twinkies first season, first postseason win since 2002. I want to give a shout out to Dave St. Peter, who is the president of the twins runs the operations there. Bismarck, North Dakota boy, my dad's best friend went to UND, so he's a former Sioux, but he's got to be six to midnight, just so ecstatic for the Twins. Finally getting, you know, a, a postseason win for the first time in 20-odd years. What's the what's the vibe or the overall magic in, in the greater Minneapolis area right now, Ozzy? Can you feel it? Are people talking about it? Take me through what's going up there in the Great White North. It's electric. It's uh, It actually is electric, man. It's it's nuts. People, people are pumped. People are pumped about the twins and for good reason. They they you know, they looked really good against the Jays there. And obviously it's great to win a couple couple playoff games at home, which what you said didn't happen for you know, 20 years, I think. But um no, it's 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 playoff baseball, man. It's it always surprises me. You know, I don't I don't think I watch a single game all year just because it's like I don't I'm not no. gonna really watch baseball, so I, I I don't know. But then these playoffs come around, man, and it's like I don't it's know. Different. Tar- it's different. It's it's, it's different. fucking unbelievable. It's it's every you know every pitch matters so much. Yes. It's like a chess, it's a chess match between the pitcher and the batters, and all these batters are unbelievable, and the pitchers are unbelievable, and there's unbelievable defensive plays. Like just the the, the baseball IQ by Carlos Correa. When when I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Sonny Gray picked off. Vladdy yeah, Guerrero Vladdy, Jr. Yeah, Jr. Yep. And that was Correa's call. So Correa talks about it's pretty cool. He's like, you know, it's a 3-2 count. And the stadium was fucking rocking. So we knew Vladdy couldn't hear. His his third base coach was trying to yell like, hey, back, back, back. Right. He couldn't hear him. Yep. So I'm like, he can't hear him. It's 3-2. He's going to get a big league. Like he, he signals to Sonny Gray like, hey, let's pick him off. And then. They pull it off. Like it's little plays like that, you know, that, that, you know, ultimately can win you a game. You know, it's, it's, it's just cool. Like there's so many little games within the game that yeah, every, I don't know, it's fun it's to just, watch. It's, it's just cool how every pitch matters. Every play in the field matters. It just, you can feel the intensity. And I mean, 
when you're going to a regular season game, it's like, I don't even remember what happened. I just got drunk, ate way too much food, had a meat oh, missile, yeah. probably a funnel yeah. cake. And I'm, you know, I don't know if I took an edible. I don't know what's going on here. I don't even know who won. You walk out of that game. You're like, Oh fuck. It was pretty good. I left in the sixth inning and yeah, got a nice tan. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, yeah. It's just like baseball is such a nonchalant sport, especially just the regular season of the grind of 162. And then oh, yeah. you get to October and it's like, fuck, it kind of reminds you how sick this game is because the crowd is into it. The guys, it just, you can feel the intensity. Every hit yeah. matters. The double plays are nasty. It's just, it's way better. It's crazy how much different, you know, the regular season is to the postseason. And yeah, I, I hope the Twinkies can kind of go on a heater here. Now they have the Astros fella. I don't know. Are they going to be stealing signs? They got Verlander on the chuck today. Like, is that a, is that a series of twins can win? I mean, I haven't fucking watched any baseball this year, but I love playoff baseball. So now I'm going to start again. Yeah. I mean, well, typically, typically the twins don't have good pitching. They've always kind of been good at batting. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like some fucking expert because I'm not, but I've, I've obviously. But they have pitching lift. now, right? They have unbelievable oh, pitching yeah. now. They have really good pitching now, which is the difference. So normally I'd say, obviously, no, they don't have a chance against the Astros, but I think they do. You know, and, and they've got some of these gamers, man. They got that Rolls Royce Lewis, man. Like, yes. Rolls Royce Lewis just, you know, I don't know his stats during the year. He was kind of electric during the year. They just called him up and then. You know, he's been good in the playoffs for him, so it's really cool. But the, I, I did want to mention, I don't know if you guys saw the video in Mace. Maybe you can pull it up on here and play it. It's the uh, it's the Phillies. Did you see that Phillies Grand Slam without the uh, without the broadcasters in the in the noise? So the guy walks up, bases are loaded in yes. Philadelphia. His walk-up walk song is so nails. Everyone's singing it, and then first pitch, bang. Yeah, out of the yard. And it's like, and the audio is just, it's one of the cooler sports videos I've seen. It's just like. Philly is rocking right it's now. It's unbelievable. Philly is rocking. Philly and is got, on fucking fire. And they got the boy, Bryce Harper. That guy's yes. always been one of my favorite athletes. Not that I love baseball, but yeah, Mace, play this. Can you? Yeah, here, yeah roll the tape. It's going to be A-O, A-O, K. That's his song. It's yeah, sick. It is sick. That's, I mean, how. That's another thing that's sick about baseball. Your walk-up tune, man. You got a fucking oh. walk-up tune that's so nails. Yeah, I rolled a clip. Oh, hey, okay. Lefty is so sick, too. If you take it out of the yard as a southpaw. Oh. <laughs> Just pisses on it. It's unbelievable, man! <laughs> just a, just a, just a shit shot. Like it's insane. Is there a better? There can't, there can't, there can't be. There actually can't be a better feeling in sports. I don't think than than, than a salami a, than hitting a dinger in in the playoffs. It's no. I don't even know if an overtime goal compares to that. You know, like in the I maybe it's probably close, but it's just I, unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just think even just hitting a grand salami, like especially like that playoff baseball, you're a south pod. You just hit a shit shot right over the right field wall. Like keep the fucking change, fella. But yeah, that that series is gonna be electric. Phillies, Braves. We got D backs, Dodgers. I'm gonna try to slide down to a game because again, that's I can kind of feel the vibe even here in Phoenix with the D backs, especially the run they had to go on to get yeah. into the playoffs. Um, it's almost gonna got, be the same there. 
I, I know. I'm going to try to get those hot tub seats. What do those go for? You, you, you see they got the hot tub out in center field? Oh, my God. You imagine showing up with the fellas, barrel out just in the hot tub? You see oh the boys – you see the boys celebrating in there after their first, after the the wild card win, the D backs. Yeah, well, yeah. After the game, yeah. Boozing, just... They're going for a post game soak. Like that's so sick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, oh, just tough. jumping right in. So, oh, you got to mention too. Whenever these, that's that's another thing that's unbelievable about these, about these baseball playoffs is every single series win they have, they sell you in the locker room, popping champagne and just fucking boozing all night. You know, like it's oh yeah, it's like they it's like they won the championship, and it's just yeah. like a series win. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> and you can like come in the next day, you come to the clubs, all right, fellas, you know, fuck, we get so we only won one round, we only got one round under our belt here, like fuck, let's settle down. But in the meantime, you're popping dom, you know, you got the ace of spades going. Who knows? Yeah, you're probably sliding out to just showing up the next day, hung like fuck. We're... Jesus, that was just the first round. It kind of felt like that was the World Series. Like, oh, yeah. You're going to play more? You're showing up to BP. You can barely see the ball. You're seeing two rocks coming down. It's like, fuck. <laughs> we got to win three more rounds to get the mug here? Like, Jesus Christ. That was kind of just like that celebration. It kind of gets me you know, on my bender here. Like, is the season over? <laughs> yeah. so. no, some of them some of them want to I, no they're all competitors once you that's the thing you always want the season to be over but once playoffs come around you're always just like fuck this is kind of fun oh yeah competing you, we're all competing for sure and you're rallying around the troops like and those wins are so fun you know at any sport in playoffs like even just winning game one or game two it's like the celebrations in the locker room you yeah. know the group the group hug in the shower you know as brucey would say from the longest chair group hugging in the shower tonight or not, you know. <laughs> so those are always great. Just the camaraderie, as you know, just competing, baby. So we'll stay on the baseball. We'll see, you know, maybe throw out some picks. But anyways, we got Phillies, Braves, D-backs, Dodgers, Rangers. We got the Orioles. And then obviously the hometown team for you boys, Twinkies, and the Strohs. Hopefully they can take down the fucking Strohs because I hate those guys. And it'd be good to like see Dave St. Peter, uh, you know, keep rolling along. So oh, yeah. snapping it over to the gridiron. NFL week five. Let's get going with our locks. What do we like? Ozzy, Mace, you guys both had solid weeks last week. I guess we'll start at the top with you, Ozzo. Who do we like? What's our locks? And talk to me, baby. What's going on in your uh, in your head there for week five of the National Football League? Yeah, so this is gonna sound this is gonna sound ridiculous to you guys, but my lock of the week is going to be the Vikings to cover minus three and a half at home versus. Oh God. Against KC, Patty Mahomes now, and, Mr. and Mr. Pfizer. Mr. Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was such, that a, was such, a, such a good, that was such a good chirp from Rogers, man. Oh man. What the fuck is Kelsey doing? Getting sponsored by Pfizer. You selling out for the bag that hard. Fuck off. Oh, selling out so hard for the bag, man. It's incredible. But um, no, I mean, I, I got to go with the Vikings here. And you want to know why? Okay, I've been a Vikings fan my whole life. And here's what's going to happen. Now, obviously, they suck. I know that. We all know that. They're not a good team, you know. But here's what they do. And, and it happens almost every year. And here's what they're going to do. You know, they're going to beat... They're going to beat the Chiefs this week. I actually, you know, I, I might throw some money down on the on the money line to, you know, that's going to yeah, be a little, good money. A little cheddar. Good return there. Because this is what the Vikings do. You know, they've obviously still got Kirky Cousins. He's, you know, he's got 11 TDs. He's leading the league in passing yards. He's got JJ, so they got a good offense. They're going to sneak out a win here. They're going to go two and three. 
And then they get the Bears next weekend, and they're going to go three and three. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, fuck, the Vikings are back, baby. They're good. Like, Super Bowl. And then we're going to go to, and then they're going to the Niners the week after that. And they're going to get blown out by 60 points in San Francisco. And then it's going to be taken all away. So that I'm str- obviously the Chiefs are better and they should win, but this is just what the Vikings do. I just, I can see a win coming from them. Um, so I got to go with them to cover, at least cover. Because they're at home. If they lose by three, they win that bet. I mean, I just think it's a lock. And if you want to win some money, I think you're taking that one. And then my second one is the Jets to cover in Denver, minus two and a half. Okay. I just think these Broncos I think these Broncos are are candy ass. Uh Russell well, they're, obviously they're... is Sean Payton's doesn't know what he's doing anymore. The the Broncos are a mess. They damn near lost to the Bears. Um so I, Russell's I, I, such I got a these Jets. No, it's it's. I can't even listen to him talk in his interviews, and it's is is. It's just so bad. It's like, dude. Oh, it's cringe. And did I, you see that? Did you see that interview? Well, Marshawn Lynch went on Shay Shay, aka Shannon Sharp's podcast, and basically just confirmed everything we know about Russell Wilson. Like, you know, he would try to call Russell, and he'd have to go through the team service guy. Then Russell would call him back on a blocked number because he didn't want any of his teammates to have his number. Like, he is such a bird. That guy is bird shit. And Sean Payton, Sean Payton might cut his ass. Again, what's the reason? Okay, if if you're Russell Wilson, let's try to, let's try to put ourselves in his shoes. You know, what's the reason your teammates can't have your number? I, I mean, you're running back the guy that you go to war with. What like what's going on there? There's just like, who hey, the fuck do you think you are? Like how how big time do you think you are? Like you gotta I, think. Yeah. You knew he thought he was big time right after that Sierra shoot when you know he's got the leather, the black leather. Sh- jacket on he's, you know, he's got the hair like wetted down or something it's, yep. that was fucking ridiculous all right Ozzo. so we got you with the vikings taking the screws to patty Mahomeboy and mr pfizer do we think taylor swift will be in the building for that one or does she not go to minnesota like is she just you know metlife nyc know. you know yeah. maybe a home yeah. game with miss yeah. kelsey is she going is she going to stay at the I... first four seasons in the north loop and grind it out to go over yeah. to u.s bank i don't think so right <laughs> i don't it's kind I of a sleeper right i don't see it i don't see yeah. it but i also know that the NFL, the NFL is obviously going to be pushing her to go to every game. I mean, she yeah, is. It's a joke. She's bringing a lot of fans to the game. And I was looking, I looked this up just because I was curious. So Taylor Swift has apparently has 518 million fans around the world. Yeah, now, you? To, put, to put that in perspective, the NHL has 26 million fans around the world. Right. Like how, that that's insane. Yeah, it's. I mean, she's a, she's legit bonkers. She's, she's like the Beatles, man. She really yeah. is. It's it's yeah. crazy to say. Like she's that level of star. I mean, is she the is she the most popular person in the world right now? I, it, I, there's an argument. I mean, it's her, Putin, or Trumper. Yeah, John <laughs> I mean, like. Yeah, I I think she's. I mean, in terms of stars are concerned, I can't think of a bigger one right now, and it's kind of always been that way. The Swifties are nuts, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it. We got I, mini. I will say. Yeah, go ahead. There Mason. is some insider info right now. Uh, when Taylor came for the Super Bowl, she called her team called a week in advance to this airport and like got everything set up, made sure everything was square. And as of yesterday afternoon, that same airport has not heard anything from Taylor Swift yet. So 
It's looking unlikely right now. Okay, so inside sources from Jack Mason sitting somewhere outside the greater Minneapolis area, unconfirmed. She's kind of come to the game. Mace, who do you got for your picks? Talk to me, baby. Well, actually, so I hope I'm not stealing one of your picks right here, Jordo. No, but well, you might. Taking, I got to say, I'm taking Las Vegas over the Green Bay Packers. Wow. You're going to do it to me. You're doing me dirty like that. You know. No spit, no I just, lube. Right up the hoop. I don't. I just don't know if I believe in Jordan Love right now. He's got the lowest completion in the NFL percentage, and they're not playing against the best teams. So, I mean, I'm not saying Las Vegas is a great team. They're terrible, right. but yep. I don't know. I think I, I think something might change a little bit here. I think the it, Packers might continue yeah, the loss from last week. I think you're right. I'm David Bakhtiari is out now, too, getting his fifth knee surgery. So there goes your left tackle. There goes your blindside coverage. That's got to be career. That's got to be career. I mean, that's five knee be. surgeries. Hang yeah. them up, fellas. Start crushing bush light and maybe just go ride the coattails of Aaron Rodgers somewhere. And, you know, because that's yeah. his best buddy. So, Mace, yeah. you got the Las Vegas Raiders over the Packers. My mm-hmm. lock of the week since they fucked me last week. Arizona Cardinals, I mean, I thought they were going to cover against San Fran. They obviously didn't do that. So I am taking (laughs) Joey iced out, no stylist, Burrow, minus three at Arizona. It's a must-win game for Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, he is Darnell nursing that calf injury, but I just think how trash the Cardinals looked last week against the Niners. Um, Book that one and confirm it because I think they're going to get it done on the road. So I got the Cincinnati Bengals marching down to Bottle Blonde, having a night Saturday, going into State Farm and taking the screws to Kyler Murray. That is minus three. So that is my lock of the week, boys. Last little thing I wanted to touch on because you know how big of a basketball fan I am. Joel, the process, Embiid, just switched his nationality and or citizenship to the USA. Uh, Talk about a dream team going into 2024 for the Paris Olympics for the summer games. I mean, just give them the fucking trophy now. Why are we even playing the game? We got the MVP now. Like, just, you know, like, this is like a Hakeem Olajuwon kind of switcheroo. So when he joined USA. So, I mean, just if all the boys play, like they say they're gonna, like, why are we even going? Just, Just give us the goal, baby. Yeah, it's going to be a waste of time if those boys head over there. I was just laughing at Embiid. I didn't know you could just do that. You can just declare what you can just declare what country you want to play for. Like, what the fuck is that? It's kind of funny. I mean, we'll take I mean, is that, that guy can barely speak English. Now he's on the team USA. It's like what the I, what do we I got know. going here? I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> just like snipe a fucking MVP just right off of it. Like, yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, I could have played for, I think he could have played for Cameroon or France yeah. or something. And it's like, well, right. might as well play with KD, LeBron, Dame Willard, you know, all these guys. Like, of yeah. course, you're going to play for Team USA if you got the option. 100%. It's just hilarious that he's just, you know, now we got Embiid. So that's going to be funny to, you know, as the NBA season gets going and then into the Summer Olympics. I mean, you know, I just think at this point, why does the U.S. even have to play? But that's hilarious. We got the process, baby. So, fellas, anything else before we bring it back, you know, uh, for our post-game reactions following NFL Sunday? 
I'm good with uh good with that. That was a good snap. That's good. Let's move it on. All right, folks. We will be back after the Sunday and Monday nighter, giving post game reactions, Selly of the week, everything in between. Fellas, crispy rice, spicy tuna. Have yourself a Saturday. We'll be back. Stand by. Alrighty, folks. Well, we're back after the weekend NFL week. Five recap here with Azo um, fella early in the week here before we get to our interview with Darren Drager. Let's go over, man. What was shaking on the weekend? Where'd you watch your Sunday football at? Yeah, well, um, I ended up driving. I ended up driving to Grand Forks Saturday night. Um you know, ended up going to sleep. I had to, uh, I thought I was going to have to run a 5k in Grand Forks and East Grand Forks there. Apparently, oh, yeah, you know, right. Cole, Scott, Scott Koberinski, you know, kind of lined me up to do that. And, uh, all I had to do is announce it, you know, three, two, one, let's go. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I didn't have to run and <laughs> slept right after that. It was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, that was Sunday. And then, and then after that, obviously, you know, get on the couch and with watching football with, with my dad, Obviously, watched the Vikes end up losing again. I was wrong on that one. Um, I think I got the the Denver, the Broncos, and, and Jets yeah. right. You know, the Broncos. You know, everyone knows Danger Russ. You know, he's a guy who's he's really good with the tape measure. That's about it. You know, that's all he's bringing to the table. He's he's really good at using the tape measure, but that's it. So yeah, I, I chose the right. Jets there. Yeah, I got that one right. And uh, no, then watch the Twins game. Um, they actually won on Sunday, so watch the Twins that. game at uh, Joe, at Joe Black's. So got to go to Joe Got Black's, uh, Johnny Simonson, Simonson, and uh, Luke Schultz and Brock Amundsen there. Um, yep, shout out Joe Black's. will be there soon. It was great to get a little pre-scout, saw, saw our setup, saw we're going to sit, you know, getting the butterflies going a little bit. But, Perfect. yeah, good weekend, good weekend, good weekend of football. Um, also, also great to have those those playoff baseball games on as well. Yeah, hundred percent, and especially I love that you're getting over to Joe Black's, especially on a Sunday, getting a little bit of what I like to call a DAC pre-scout, mapping out the area, seeing what's gonna you know come of it in our live show, which is crazy, man. It's it's next week. It's it's next Saturday. We're gonna be live off the box with Bob Gucci, who is uh, the Heat Daddy on Twitter, folks. Special guest Tony Herkus and a couple other alums showing up still trying to work on a Minnesota guy to get up there and, and maybe be brave enough to just get absolutely shredded. But we're still working out the kinks on that. We have a couple options. So no, man, uh, sounds like a great weekend. I, myself Saturday, like I said, when, before we recorded, I went over to watch Dion got on the felt right on the turf there. They actually have real grass, which was crazy. Aside from it being, you know, a hundred, 102 degrees, it was awesome. Just, seeing Dion that close. I mean, prime, he just kind of brings a level of swag. You, you don't find on a given day Azo, And it was just cool to be that yeah. close to the Buffaloes. It kind of ended up being just a, a crap shoot of a game. They ended up getting it done with a late drive. Uh, Shador led the boys down and they ultimately got a field goal, but I couldn't believe Dion was on the sidelines. Just, he was in a hoodie and like khaki pants, dude. It was 103 degrees. I mean, we had to leave at halftime because it was so goddamn hot. Like, how is this guy? Is he just that cool? I saw that. I, I saw your video. I think you storied that, you know, him yep. walking up and down with uh, Shadur. You know, he does that every game before the game starts. Um, how, how was he, you know, 
I was just talking about this with someone else, you know, like, I don't, I think those guys are just weathered like that. You know, like when you're golfing in Arizona in the, in the middle of summer, it's like one fifteen, and, and the guys mowing the lawns are in like long sleeves and, and jeans and stuff. It's like, right. How aren't you dead? How aren't you dead? Like, that's like, it's like working in a sauna. It's, it's insane. And especially Dean, I guess he's a Florida guy. He's used to that heat, that humidity, but it was just crazy. Uh, they didn't end up covering, which was tough, but that was a sick little Saturday. Parlayed that into the 30th birthday kind of rendezvous. I actually stayed in on Saturday night, which was crazy. I was pretty proud of myself. I had the folks in town. We had a little dinner and it ended up just kind of getting late. And maybe that's when you know you're a little bit washed up is you're staying in on a Saturday for your 30th birthday. But hey, I fucking woke up for a matinee on Sunday and I rolled it right over. We went to Moxie's. Obviously, shout out Moxie's. We've talked about it a bunch on this show. Uh, you know, good talent in there, good place to watch a game. And then we had this genius idea. I was hanging out with the wet jeans guys. Shout out to uh, the Heat Daddy and Andy Champs. Um, and we were sitting there and I was just kind of like, you know, what should we do today? Like, are, are we, you know, we were thinking, are we going to put in a 12 hour shift here? Like, what's the, what's kind of the game plan? And we came up with this genius idea that we were going to go to the batting cages because, you know, we just get a few cuts in. You see some playoff baseball, nothing better than baseball in October. So we walk across oh, yeah. the mall. We go over to Dick's Sporting Goods, which you can get lost in as is. Buy a pair of Franklin mitts. I mean, how good do you feel walking <laughs> into the cage after you just bought a set of mitts? Like, just bat on the ball, choke and poke. You know what I mean? Just laying the fucking sod over the ball. It was hilarious. We went over to the batting cage and, yeah, just – Took a few cuts, and then what do we do right after that? Well, right back to Moxie's, because what's better than one time a day? Well, the day-night doubleheader. So right back to Moxie's, uh, probably a you know over-under 25-drink kind of effort for a day. Ended up at uh, Nikki's place, went over there at about 9 o'clock after the shift and you know had some DQ ice cream cake and, and kind of just hung out with him. I, uh, I was pickled, though, man, so that was a, a nice little yeah. Sunday. That's good. That that looked a lot. It looked like a lot of fun. And you mentioned that you guys, you guys got some batting gloves. Have you ever, have you ever hit a baseball without batting gloves on? Oh, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's nuts. It hurts so bad. And there's actually players who don't use batting gloves. Those guys are so nails. So nails. And you remember Moises Alou for the Cubs? That guy used to piss on his hands because he believed it made his hands tougher because he was a guy that would go no batting gloves. So Moises yeah. Alou used to take his wrench out in the shower in front of all the boys and piss on his hands because he, th he thought that toughened him up. So that was his tradition. So it was either get the gloves or, you know, go into Moxie's and piss on your hands. And I, I chose the first option. So we got a set of Franklin's and, and went over there. Because you know those bats when you get to the cages are so shitty too. Like you take out anything oh, yeah. on the inside, like – your hands shaking for like three hours. Yeah. So that was hilarious, yeah. but that's kind of the weekend recap there. Um, man, the cages, that's hilarious. So that was getting, hilarious. Getting into the NFL week five recap. Azo uh, one and one this week didn't stay quite as hot, but you went with your gut with the Vikes. They ultimately ended up losing to Patty Mahomeboy and T Kelsey. That was 27, 20. That was a, I believe that game was uh was plus three, um, you know Kirk mm -hmm. again he he didn't play bad he just didn't play good enough and I mean I didn't catch a whole lot of the game but take me through that one. Yeah, I mean Kirk is you know it's tough. I think Kirk, I think Kirk's best on a on a good team 
Um, it kind of feels like the Vikings are kind of a little bit rebuilding. Their defense is nowhere near where it needs to be to, you know, make any waves in the playoffs. So at what point do you just say like, you what, what, what are we doing here? You know, there's right. no point. You know, we're not gonna win. A, we're not gonna win a second round. They might be able to win a first round playoff game. They're not gonna win a second round playoff game with this defense. I think their offense has it, but it's just like you know. And, and Kirk, you know, he, he he's nails. I, I I respect the guy. He stands in there. He takes hits. Like, he's not afraid. He's not a pussy. But here's the deal is, you know, you know, Patty Mahomes, he doesn't take those sacks because he, he's good in the pocket. He runs away from it. He's mobile a little bit. Kirk is just not mobile at all, and he gets destroyed and, you know, kind of looks like – sometimes he kind of looks like a, an older, you know, an older Eli Manning or Peyton Manning when they used to just kind of trip by themselves back there and just right. fall down. He's kind of getting in that that point, and I don't know. I, I obviously the Chiefs are good. I don't think the Chiefs are that good this year. Um, I don't. And either. they just beat us. They just beat us at home, and they didn't. They didn't really look impressive, really at all. Obviously, Patty Mahomes. I mean, Patty Mahomes injured his ankle during the game, and he wasn't even playing full. I don't know. It's just a letdown year for the Vikings. I think. You know, I I would like to keep JJ. I think it's best for both parties if Kirk moves on. He needs a. He, he's not going to want to rebuild, and I think you know if, if we draft a quarterback next year, and you know the, he's got he's got JJ and Caleb Kalen Addison um, as his wide receivers. So that might be a good situation to step into as a rookie quarterback. Yeah, for sure. And I just think that whole division's down. I mean, even even the Packers, and we'll kind of get into that with Mace's pick in a bit here. But your other one, you ultimately ended up winning uh, the Jets. At the Broncos, I love seeing Russell Wilson lose. Even though I'm a Sean Payton guy, I just uh, it brings a smile to my face every time he loses. But that game was hilarious too because Zach Wilson zero TDs and they you know the Jets D basically kind of carried him to that win. He he didn't throw a touchdown, yeah. he didn't even run for yeah. a touchdown, and they they get that done thirty one twenty one. So I thought that was just a, a pretty funny game. Well, it was, it was, you know, if you remember before the season, it was a lot, this game was a long time coming and we almost kind of forgot about it because Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't playing. Um, but, you know, Sean Payton, basically, I mean, you just absolutely shredded Hackett, who's the offensive coordinator for the Jets. You know, he's just like, this guy's an absolute idiot. He's the worst coaching, he's the worst coaching display I've ever seen in my life. You know, he's saying this public and that's Hackett. Um, right. So they finally, so they finally see each other and I, you know, Sean Payton doesn't look really any better than Nathaniel Hackett did last year. You know, it's it's kind of funny that no. Denver that Denver roster just must be so brutal. And I know they thought Russell Wilson was going to be kind of the answer. And I think you know, as much as I don't like Russ, he's been like average this year. He hasn't been as bad as he was he's last okay. year. But yeah, he's been okay. He's been he's been fine. I th- I just think that that whole team is brutal, and I think they're overrated because Russell and Sean Payton are the are on that team and i think that's why they were favored that game and that's why i chose that one ultimately because i think they're terrible and they are yeah and just like i said just everything that's coming out with russ he's just he's just a pickle as we know even though i'm a sean payton guy i could see like i said i think earlier on this pod i I could see sean payton potentially cutting russell wilson i mean his new deal his new ticket hasn't even cut he isn't kicked in yet i mean i know that's 250 bananas guaranteed but he I don't know, just to even just have him around. Like, do you even want that guy? I guess, you know, if he's okay or whatever. <laughs> but moving on to the next game, uh, Mace, 1-0 for the week. Our producer, Jackie Furda, 
took the Las Vegas Raiders over the Green Bay Packers on Monday night over at Allegiant Stadium, just off the Strip. How are you? Just miles south of the Spearmont Rhino for the folks that know what that is. Um, Jordan Love, man, as a Packer guy, I don't know, fella. Three picks, 182 yards, quarterback rating 32. I I just, I, I was skeptical at the start of the year. He kind of came out hot and horny with a good start. I think he surprised a few people in week one. He's kind of slowly regressed. Um, I don't know, man. I just think even with that win at home against the Saints, where, you know, a little come from behind and with Derek Carr kind of getting sidelined in, during that game, yeah. I, I just don't think he's he's very good. And I know it's early on. I know we're only through week five, but I, it's just tough to compare it to, you know, Brett yeah. Percocet Favre and also AR 12. Yeah. It's like, what are we really dealing with here? You know, I, I just don't yeah. think he's that guy. He's, he's got a, he's got huge shoes to fill. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like you're a Packers fan. How long do you give him? You know, I'm asking Casey Perper. He's a Packers fan. He's like, you know, I think halfway through the season, halfway through the seasons when I'll make my mind up, you know, how long do you give the guy? Because, you know, he has shown flashes, you know, are they just bad? You know, they're missing their best offensive lineman. Yes, Bakhtiari. Um, You know, are they just bad? Is he in a bad spot? You know, I don't know. How long do you give him? Cause he I, sure, he, he, he did not look good against the Raiders, but again, you're forgetting people forget about this guy named Max Crosby. I mean, the guy's an absolute criminal out there. He, he looks like one too. Certified um, criminal. That guy is unbelievable, though. Did you watch? I mean, he's yeah. he's pressuring the quarterback. I mean, he's blowing past his guy every single snap. It's it's insane. He doesn't get talked about a lot, I think, because the Raiders just aren't that good. But he's he's got to be on the level of like Joey Bosa and or Nick Bosa and um, um, T.J. Watt and yeah, those I was gonna guys. Say T.J. Like, Watt. Yeah, I I mean, Ozzy, just back to your point. Like, I, I think you got to give him the whole season, right? I. I think yeah. that's fair. If he's, this is your quarterback who you believe to be the quarterback of the future halfway through the year, that to me doesn't feel like a fair shake. If you really believe in this guy, you truly believe maybe, you know, I mean, they have Bakhtiari's out now. He's, that's their left tackle. That's his his cover man of his blind side. I just think the team isn't that great. I think you have to give him a fair shake for a whole season. Maybe reevaluate if he kind of stays on this trajectory of just being so-so. And now maybe we look – in the off season at adding someone, maybe some, you know, insurance or maybe even going out there and, and trading or drafting for someone. So I don't know, we'll keep an eye on it, but I just, I mean, who are we to say, I just don't love his game right now. And I don't think he's ever going to be on the level of what we've seen in the previous couple generations. And again, that's big shoes to fill, but they kind of pushed, you know, Raj out of town for this guy. So We'll see, fell on oh, yeah. that one. Um, the good people of Green Bay and just Wisconsin deserve better, I think. Um, story franchise, shout out GB. So Mace uh, covered that one, 17-13. The Raiders were plus two, so keep the change on that one, buds. My pick of the week, the lock, was Cincy at Arizona. Joey Burrow looks midseason form, even though he's playing with that calf injury. I just think... This week, even he said, was a must-win. They go out, State Farm Field over there in Glendale, take the screws to, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Josh Jobs playing quarterback. You know, I just thought that had, even at minus three, that was easy money, 34-20, Burrow, three yeah. touchdowns, 
317 yards. Jamar Chase finally having a breakout game. Three titters, 192. I just think these guys are maybe, you know, getting over the hump. Are they a Super Bowl contender? Hard to say right now because I feel like Joey Ice could really heat up and that team could get going, find their group. They did the same thing last year. Exactly. They did the same exact thing last year. So who knows? We'll see uh, early in the season. But I just thought that was that was a lock. Um, but Ozzy, a guy that I wanted to talk to you about and a team that I, I'm really liking, especially in a weaker division this year, Jared Goff over in Motown. Straight, I mean, he's going full cheddar Bob straight out of eight mile, just shooting the lights off everything, baby. This week, same kind of thing. They they took the screws to who they play again. Was it? Atlanta? Uh, Atlanta. Yeah. They absolutely they, dummied them. They dusted them. I mean, another three touchdowns for him. I just think that team, man, that was a that was a great trade, I think, you know, just long-term-wise with Detroit. I love that coach there. Just talk about, you know, Jared Goff, and are the Lions finally going to be okay? Yeah, I mean, it, it sure seems like the Lions, they're not going to get caught by any of these NFC North teams. I mean, no. they're playoff bound for sure, I think. Um, now it's a whether question. Now it's a question of whether they'll do anything in the playoffs, which I think they will. I, I think they've got a good chance to at least make the second round of playoffs. Even, I mean, I don't know. You look up when you watch their games; like they're they they play hard, they play tight. Their offense runs well too. Like like you said, Goff, man, Goff was such like a I don't know. He's like a Snorlax when he was in L.A. and. He goes to Detroit and it's kind of like a Kurt Warner story where like he kind of wasn't that good in LA and then he gets to Detroit and he's okay. And then, I mean, he sure looks like a goddamn good quarterback right now. A hundred percent. And I just think going from LA, you're in the Hills, you have this, you know, fake life mantra you have to live up to. You're in the scene and all of a sudden you kind of get blindsided. You get thrown into the jaw of Detroit. Now that's a sandpaper city. You got a guy like Dan Campbell at the reins, your head coach. And now he gets put into an offense where, I don't know. It just seems like everything's clicking. I even like what they did on their home opener. You go on ski masks to the game. Like that's just, it kind of embodies the city of Detroit, right? Like not like, not thugs, but like this city's got, you know, some sandpaper. We got some gangsters here and we're just kind of, you know, rallying around this team and this city. And I don't know. I think they could definitely make some noise. I think that's a team to keep your eyes on as a sneaky dark horse coming out of the NFC, especially come playoff time. I know they'd have to face off against the 49ers, which would be tough to beat, but we'll keep an eye on them. Ozzy, another thing I wanted to ask you, just football-related, before we get into our Selly of the week. Dude, is TJ Watt, is he is he better than his older brother? I mean, it's got to be up for debate now. The guy is leading the league in sacks again. Over the last four years, minus the year that he was hurt in 22 because he missed seven games, he's led the league in sacks in 2020. 21 and now in 23 i mean three out of the last four years in that year that he he wasn't you know he missed time seven games with an injury it, it, yeah. i think it's up for debate it, that tj watt might have a better career than jj which is crazy to say he's he might be the best defensive player in the league oh yeah yeah he's he's definitely up there there's definitely an argument to be made I think he's he's got to he's got to put like one or two more seasons in to reach JJ's level, yep. but he's definitely on pace. I think he's on pace to be better, honestly. Um, but yeah, I saw, you know, people were pissed about there's a play, so it was unbelievable. I don't know if you saw this replay, but anyways, I forget who they were playing. Are they playing Baltimore? Baltimore receiver goes up for a ball, kind of grabs it and tries to bring it down, and he drops it. Well. 
TJ Watts running and he sees this guy catching the ball. So he comes at him and he just, you know, he, he tries, he tries punching the yeah, ball I saw that. Yeah. Out, of, out of the guy's hand. Yeah. Well, the guy didn't catch it. So it looked like he just punched him square Sucked in the chest, up. you know? I mean, he just suckers the guy right in the chest. It looked like a fucking video game. You know, like, what's that Mortal Kombat game? Yes. Like, yes. Punch a guy in the chest and he, like, falls back, like, six feet. Yes. That's what it looked like. That's what it looked like when he punched this guy in the chest. It was it was insane. Um, but that, that's just a high IQ. That's a high IQ football play to do that. Yep. To know where to try to punch the ball out. That's, that's his way of tackling it. Yeah, he's just an animal. Can you imagine taking that punch from that guy? He's a no, psycho. It's a full-on like sucker from a bouncer outside the bar at three in the morning, just one to the chest, and like, fella, you got to get the hell out of here. That family is oh, just crazy, God. man. It's just, yeah, it's nuts. And I don't know. So we'll keep an eye on that. What do you have for your celly of the week? What do you you have a few written down there? Yeah. So there were some good ones. This I ha- there's some good ones. You know, Steph Diggs is unbelievable at selling. He, he, he had one of my favorites just because I like Cristiano Ronaldo, um, skilled soccer player. So they go over sure, to yeah. they go over to they go over to London, obviously, where, you know, football is played. Yes. And he scores a touchdown and does the old Ronaldo celebration, you know, the Superman like yeah. nails, Go nails, knows where he's at. Yeah. He's in Europe. He knows it. They're all football fans. Good awareness. Um, just good awareness by him. Smart. Yeah. And then I also, um, again, Tyreek Hill popping up on the radar again. He's got the ball. He tries to toss it to his mom after a touchdown. Some fucking yeah. middle-aged old guy steals, <laughs> intercepts the pass, and tries to keep the ball. It's just, I love seeing those scenarios, man. So like, sick. Going for the int, going for the interception. Yeah. And and then and then the guy had such a tough time, you know. I'm watching after, and everyone's like, hey, give, yeah. it his, "Give it to his mom, give it to his mom." And he's like, "Fucking no, fucking kidding!" Like it took him a while to give it up. He eventually gave it to her, but he like he thought about it for like ten seconds. He's like, "All right, what what happens if I don't give it to her here, and I just fucking keep this thing?" Yeah, <laughs> that one was good. I saw that, and stand on that with his teammate. I even think you had this one written down too. Um, or probably did Jalen Waddle. Yeah. So he gets in the end zone. Yeah. He finally gets his first six of the season, gets to the corner of the end zone. He has all of his teammates wind him up. Like he's a fucking toy hint at the waddle. Yeah. Right. And then he hit this, the, the, yeah. like the waddle, like the penguin, you know, when you wind it, crank it up. <laughs> the back, toy. I thought that was so yeah. funny and clever just because man, like when you're coming up with these sellies, like they're all premeditated, like all the good ones are like, oh, yeah. just, like we spoke about a little bit, you know, a couple episodes ago where, you know, you're, you're thinking about these sellies all week, probably in the locker room with the fellas. Like, Hey, like if I get 100%. in there, you know, if I get six, like this, yeah. is what, this is what I'm finna do, you know? So that was awesome. And you gotta, and you gotta coordinate it with like the rest of the team too. It's not like you're just in your own head. Like this no. is what I'm going to do. You you gotta go to these boys and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. If I get in that end zone, it's a whole production. Like, oh, it's insane. It's hilarious. Yeah. Think about Think about the, the defensive touchdown celebrations are always the best. I don't know if I've seen too many this year, but the whole when the whole team getting in on it, like I yeah. saw, um, uh, what's his name, Jimmy Harbaugh, <laughs> his de- his defense just scored a pick six on Saturday against the Gophers, and uh, Jimmy Harbaugh's in the fucking picture. The whole defense is taking a picture in the end zone with the football, and Jimmy <laughs> Harbaugh ran in there and dove down and took a picture <laughs> yeah, with the boys. Just, <laughs> That's so, so good, man. Yeah. 
even get the coaches in on it. That's awesome. Yeah. But no, I think that kind of concludes our NFL recap week five. Ozzo one and one playing 500 ball. Jackie Mason. 1-0 for the week, Swish, 1-0. So not overall, not too bad for the boys over here. I mean, 3-1 and one from the Live and 5, fellas. I mean, if you're taking our advice, you know, our two cents that are worth 10, you're making some good dough, right? You're Those are, those are good numbers. Money. So, yeah. And before we get to drags, before we get to the hockey portion of our interview with the TSN Insider, I just wanted to ask you, Ozzy, as the NHL season starts up, any bold predictions for fans out there? Stanley Cup favorite. Maybe it's a over under you really like. Maybe it's, you know, someone to watch, a dark horse as a player. Any any sort of little tidbits you have, fella, for uh for the people listening. Yeah, so I saw um I saw this is actually from Rear Admiral. Um he's a spit and chicklets guy. He tweeted this out. I'm just gonna steal it from him because when I saw it, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Um, there's a, there, God, I don't even know if you could do it anymore. Cause they just played last night, but there was a bet, um, over under total shots in the season for Bedard three fifty. I did see that. He's going, o- he's going over for sure. hundred percent. Do you see that guy? Do you see that guy shoot it, man? Absolutely triggering like a young Bob Lee swagger. Oh my God. He was just blowing the pill. Oh my God. I- I'm taking a machine gun. I'm, yeah. I- I'm taking the over on that guy. I think on all of his on all of his stats. I think he's hitting the over unless he gets injured. Yeah. You know, like his goal count, his, his assists, his points. I would take the over just watching this kid. Um, he looks like the real deal, man. He looks unreal. And obviously I feel bad for this kid because he probably would be the biggest name in hockey, you know, coming in as for a while. But like, let's be honest, man, this guy, this guy is not McJesus. No, I don't think he is. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anyone ever will be. No, you know? I mean, it's crazy that we have to even say that because there's only one McDusty. But, like, you know, watching them the other, you know, on opening night, we're recording just after that. But 350 for shots going back to that. I think it was like plus 800, too. So, that what is that, like a little yeah. over four a game? And I think he had like 10 shot attempts through like two periods. Man. Oh, yeah. Like, the guy literally was just triggering Chris Kyle out there. Just fucking. It's sick. The sniper yeah. rifle out. And, and, he, and he gets him through, man. He. He finds a way to get him through too, like yeah. his little toe drags through the stick, and I mean he's he's fucking nasty. I mean you know what they say, Ozzo, right? Shoot to get hot, shoot to stay hot, baby. So he's uh, he's definitely a microwave that way. I like that pick. Again, uh, if you can still take that, hammer that. I think it was honestly over three fifty was plus eight hundred, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bold predictions, I think, I think Connor McDavid is going to have. I don't think it's even that bold, but I think he's. He's going to be close to two points a game this year, Ozzy. I think he's going to have about, if he stays healthy for the whole year, I think he's going to have about 165 points, which is insane to say. I don't think he's a, ever going to be like a 200 guy like Gretter was just because the game is a little bit different, but he is that good. So I think Connor McDavid over 155, 60 points. I also think Sid Crosby, just watching him last night, man, I think he's a guy that still is, if he's a full 82, he's like a 90-point guy. I think he's, you know, 30 goals, 60 assists in year 19, which is crazy to say. So, and we get into talking a little bit uh, with Drags, just asking him some quick hitters. But, um, brother, I think that's good for the NFL recap latter half of the show, unless you have anything. Um, I think this, the yeah, folks no. are really going to enjoy this uh, this interview with Drags. 
they're going to love drags. And I think the last thing I want to say about the NHL season, what I'm going to be focusing on most that I forgot to mention was Ovi's goal, Ovi's goal total. I think he's got to get 35 and 35 or 36 and 36 or something over the next two years to pass Gretter. Yep. I'm I'm going to be following along on that one. I I, oh, yeah. I think he's got it. I think he's got it in the bag. I think he's at least playing three more years. Hopefully, is he um, going to get a thousand? So keep more? your eye on that one. Yeah, I I don't know, man. He's still he's still scoring at it. Like even last year, he was still he was he still put up. I don't know how many goals. I think it was like forty some or like close to yeah. high thirties. High thirties and like nuts. and he's going to play. He, I feel like he's a guy that'll just keep playing until. I mean, he's not going to get hurt unless he has a really significant injury. I mean, I just think he's a guy that'll if he continues to stay healthy. I don't see him just shutting it down if he's a shoe in thirty goal guy. Like he could get a thousand, no. man. And he can, you know, there there have been guys. I forget, you know, forgetting the guy um, who played a while on either the. I think he just played like there's been guys who have only played power play. You know, like certain defensemen on teams that just yep. pretty much play power play. They're power play gurus, like. You could keep Ovi on your power play for the next 15 years and just post him on that right side. Like his exactly. one-timer is never going away. He doesn't have to move and he's strong as an ox. And I just think he's such a good, amazing athlete. And he's just, Russians are built different, man. Whether, whatever they're putting in their body or just, you know, yeah. just, they're just kind of results of, of hard times in the cold war, but those people are built like fucking oxes. So that's a good one to keep an eye on before we get to our interview with Darren Drager from TSN. Um, Mount Rushmore of Insiders. I'd like to say this interview is sponsored by Mini Movers. Folks, if you need your shit packed or someone you know needs their stuff packed and they're moving, call the good fellas over at Mini Movers. As well as brought to you by Butter Golf. Butter Golf is a clothing and apparel line built for the swaggy player. We have things lifestyle, golf, everything in between. So, Butter Golf and Mini Movers are the official sponsor of Live and Five and going to bring you this next interview. Folks, enjoy Darren Drager. Now, introducing from the frozen farm fields of Langenberg, Saskatchewan, this TSN insider and hockey media guru scratched and clawed his way to the top from the radio waves of Yorkton, Sask, to the bright lights of Toronto. Recognized as one of the most popular media personalities in hockey, folks, it's not confirmed until he says so. Please welcome to the Live in 5 podcast, Darren, the insider, Greg, what's up, brother? How we doing? Uh, well, we're we're doing well. I, I, you guys are probably too young for this, but as you're going through that, two things come to mind: Randy Macho Man Savage. Remember Randy Savage? That's number one. Oh, yeah. Then number two, coming from a guy who talks a lot and talk for a living, I'm thinking to myself, how many packs of halls does this dude go through over the course of a <laughs> podcast season? So that Jordan, that was well done. I appreciate it. No, I yeah. appreciate it, Dregs. And, you know, we're kind of just getting going to this. I'm making a transition from playing and into this media space or whatever you may call it. So I'll probably have to have the halls dialed in and maybe a pack of smokes because you kind of got to have that raspy <laughs> voice, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, you want a good contrast there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, stay away from the smokes, but the, the throat lozenges. Yeah. Yeah. You'll need a lot of those. Yeah, for sure. So Greg's no, I we appreciate you stopping by, man. Um, you know, obviously you're someone I've looked up to, you know, ever since I started watching hockey, especially events like the world juniors and obviously the NHL, mm-hmm. but um, you know, just kind of going back to your start, you know, you're a kid, I believe that grew up, or was born in Red Deer, eventually moved yeah. to uh, Sask, and just kind of you know talk about that because we have a lot of good buddies that are from Saskatchewan, and you know they always enjoy, enjoy a nice fine pilsner. You know, love the Rough Riders. I got the jersey on right now, and normally really good-hearted people. So just kind of talk about your upbringing there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as you've illustrated here, I grew up in small town Canada, small town uh, Saskatchewan. Primarily, you know, worked on the farm, grew up on the farm. Uh, so all of my minor hockey, all of my minor sports was in a small town in Landford, Saskatchewan. But I was always surrounded by good buddies. Kelly Buckberger, uh, you know, former captain in the National Hockey League, is a, a dear friend. I mean, we, we, we always had something going on. But the one thing I knew when I got towards grade 11, grade 12 uh, high school is, ah, this farming thing isn't for me. And... So you're either farming in the area where I grew up or you're working at the local potash mines, right? Mosaic and, and yep. the, the mines there that uh, employ so many good people. Many friends of mine, in fact, uh, still go through the mines there. Uh, didn't want to do that either. So what are you going to do? And uh, I'd applied for university, University of Saskatchewan, and I'm driving into the metropolis of Yorkton, Saskatchewan one day with my mother. <laughs> And I hear this radio ad for this Western Academy of Broadcasting, you know, a a college in Saskatoon. And just a light went off in my head because I was on the social committee and I was very outspoken, very opinionated, thought I knew a lot about hockey and all the sports and all those things through high school. And I'm like, ooh, this is going to be perfect. So I applied, I got in, uh, went through the course and... You know, just as the course was wrapping up, I ended up actually getting a job interview to a radio station in, uh, uh, what the heck was it? Uh, Morden, Manitoba. Morden, Manitoba. Yeah. yeah. So Morden and Winkler. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you probably heard of the Winkler Flyers, uh, Manitoba Junior Hockey League team. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of shared a radio station back in that day. So I went for the interview, they offered me the job and I'm like, all right, this is great. Well, the same day I got the job offer, then I got offered a job in radio in Yorkton, which was like 40 minutes from my hometown. So I was like, all right, I got a little bit of leverage here. So it didn't work out that way. I ended up though getting the job in, in Yorkton and just did a lot of stuff, man. I I then jumped to Brandon. Um, yeah, I, I did play-by-play for the Brandon Weekings for a bit, uh, made a a lot of mistakes uh, through my career there, which is a good thing when you're young. Did a little bit of TV and then jumped to Winnipeg in the 90s. Um, you know, I was there when the Winnipeg Jets first left to go to Phoenix to become the Phoenix Coyotes. Did a bit of play-by-play for the Manitoba Moose, who were then in the International Hockey League. And, and my boss at the time in Winnipeg um, had accepted a general manager job in Edmonton with a startup station there that was called HL. And I was right at the end of the line, just with media in general. I thought, you know what? I'm not making enough money here. I can go back. I can get in the mine in Saskatchewan. Or I had a buddy in Brandon who owned a real estate brokerage. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll become a real estate agent. 
I was 100% doing that. I was going down that road. I was throwing in the towel and, and my boss in Winnipeg says, ah, you know what? No, I want you to come to Edmonton. Uh, we've got this startup station. And by the way, uh, I'm going to need you to host Edmonton Oilers games. So that was back in 97. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this thing one more crack. Yeah. So I spent less than a year in Edmonton, 97 and part of 98. In 1998, Sportsnet launched in Toronto as a national sports network. <clears throat> and I was one of the few that uh, jumped on board from there and worked happily at Sportsnet until 2006 and then jumped over to TSN. And here we are in 2023. Wow. Yeah, it's the that's... old parking lot. That's yeah, nice. You crossed the old parking lot. What's that I, like? I, you know, did you did you catch any heat for that? Yeah, there were some hard feelings. I'm not going to lie. The toughest conversation I had was with Nick Kiprios. Nick and I were really good friends, but we were super close back then because, you know, re really it was Nick and I and there was Scotty Morrison at the time at, at Sportsnet. And we were going up against the beasts, right? You know, you're talking about Bob McKenzie, who's the pioneer of the in insider yeah. world. I mean, Bob broke everything. So um we we became very close and and close both at work and away and you know i think at the time nick felt like i was a jumping ship i was abandoning everything that that he believed in over there even though there was so many management changes and it became apparent to me that you know this was the right thing for me to do for my career um but you know good things happen to good people and i'm sure nick looks back and you know his career took off and and mine's been okay, so there's certainly been no hard feelings. But I'm not gonna lie, it uh, it was a bit awkward. And what's what's even more weird here, guys, is so we call it the annex now. And you're right; it literally is across the parking lot. You walk over uh, an above ground tunnel to get to that side, which used to be Sportsnet, and now it's the TSN annex. So uh, the Jay Onright show is is taped over there. Um, when we used to have that's hockey, that was over there. We still do NHL regional games over there. So I'm in that space a lot and it brings back some pretty wild memories of the stuff we used to do, um, entry level network TV, but it also brings back some tough memories because man, we took it on the chin a lot of times <laughs> in the early days <laughs> on the chin. I love that that's an expression <laughs> I use as well, but Drake's just kind of before we get into the questions I wanted to ask you about you know, the, your rise to an insider and, you know, ultimately, you know, how it, how that kind of transpired and, and when that really started, if you back it up to like your Brandon days, I believe I was reading, you did two years there, as you said, as the play-by-play -play guy yeah. there with the Wheat Kings. And, you know, you're alongside guys like Kelly McCrimmon, I believe who was the assistant general manager at the time. I mean, yeah. it was a storied franchise, my friend, coming oh, through yeah. guys before that, even his brother, uh, the Beast, McCrimmon and as well as Ray Chicken Farm yeah. Ferraro. So were those guys a little bit <laughs> were those guys a little bit before your time? Because I know you're really good no. at Chicken Farm. Yeah, well, no, Ray Ferraro was before my time, but all okay. the rest were were there. Throw Kevin Shoveldayoff off into the mix too, right? He was right. a captain of the Brandon Wheat Kings back in the day. Uh Wade Redden was this up and comer. Jeff Rogers was the tough guy. Uh, I mean, go down the list. And I, yeah. you know, how did I get to become an insider? Well, I can't separate the two experiences because, you know, Shovel Dayoff is a good friend, but that dates back to, again, those days that we spent, you know, together closely um, with the Brandon Weekings. I'd say the same thing of Kelly McCrimmon. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon occupied basically every position there is in coaching and management and then took over ownership of the Brandon Weekings. So yep. spent a lot of time with him. Bobby Lowe's 
who is a scouting guru for the Vegas Golden Knights. Man, did I ride the bus many miles with that dude as head coach <laughs> of the Brandon Weekings. Kevin Maxwell, who's you know had a real nice run in management over the years, um, first with the New York Rangers, now he's with uh, the St. Louis. Was I mean, literally, I could go on and on because of of all of those good people who left junior hockey and developed into you know a number of, of different capacities. Uh, and that's that's helped me a lot over the years. And I'm not talking just about you know breaking information and trades like that. I mean, that stuff now with social media is so fleeting. You know, as soon as it it comes out, it's automatically gone and and you're more interested in well, why did that happen or how did that happen and for me that's more important now than anything because you know i'm proud to say if i if i need to understand why the winnipeg jets signed mark shifley and connor hellebuck to seven-year contracts at eight and a half million dollars per year i can pick up the phone very soon after the deal gets done and talk to shovel day off and he'll walk me through that entire process. So right. that does not happen, guys. 100% doesn't happen unless I spend the time in the early days in Brandon, yeah. you know, riding those buses, going to the practices, talking to the people, um, and making the mistakes that I did. I, hey, I, I remember one time, and I I, I think it might have been the, the hiring of Kevin Maxwell. Kelly McCrimmon was the general manager. There was like one camera in this media availability, and I'm working at the radio station, I believe, and I asked Kevin Maxwell point blank. I said, you know, are you confident that you're going to make uh, you're going to be able to make player decisions without the general manager breathing down your neck? And that was Kelly. And they're both sitting right there. Well, if he could have throat punched me immediately, he would have. <laughs> yeah. like, I'll never forget the scowl on his face. And I thought to myself afterwards, you know, here's me. Young guy, I'm trying to get this this good sound bite. That's what I wanted. You know, I want to get Kelly McCrimmon upset. That's what I what my motive was. It was a stupid question. It was an unfair question. But you know, I learned it the hard way, and thankfully he's forgiven me a long time since. But you know, those are the relationships that ultimately help define and, and build careers. Right. And Drake's, yeah. as you mentioned, just the relationships dating back to the core days of Brandon and, you know, yeah. ultimately making your way in throughout the league. Is that basically what an insider comes down to is just over the years, relationships, yeah. building it with team personnel, players. And I wanted to ask, yeah. like, what goes into when you can beat someone for the punt? Because it's so competitive, I feel like, even in the insider game of who's going to be that first to get that yeah. information. You have, you have the, you know, the Mount Rushmore I like to consider right now with you, Pierre <laughs> Lebrun. Frank, Elliot. So yeah, how do you yeah. get that? Does that ultimately just come down to, you know, your relationship within the side of an organization or how do you kind of beat that to the punch? And, you know, do you have to have that hundred percent confirmation before you're able to go through with something? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you aim for a hundred percent. Now social media has bent the rules a little bit journalistically. Um, now you can almost do play by play of a deal and, and how it's unfolding. And, you know, with the catch phrases like I'm hearing, or there's right. talk, you know, uh, yeah. some believe, you know, yeah. that this guy's on the cusp of an extension or, you know, there might be a trade involving this player. And oftentimes it happens. And, and really all you're doing is, you know, something, but you, you, you just can't report it as fact just yet. And, and that could be a number of reasons that could be, you know, pending a trade call, the trade hasn't gone through yet, uh, or they're waiting to contact the player. One thing general managers loathe more than anything else, and I've had general managers historically yell at me over this, you know, I haven't even talked to my effing player yet. 
and you guys are are reporting this stuff. And and Jordan, as a player, you can appreciate that, right? Like 100%. these guys, you know, not every player in in pro hockey or in junior hockey, um, you know, knows that they're about to be traded. They don't. Yeah. They're not all right. consulted. The general manager doesn't call them and say, "Hey, what do you think?" We're considering right. trading. No, sometimes you just get traded and you find yeah. out about it either through the yeah. media or in a best case scenario, you know, through that call from a, a general manager, somebody in, in the front office. Um, so it is, again, part of the relationships that we've, we've already talked about. But often we'll hear of something just through a variety of different sources and contacts. And then it can be those relationships that we've touched on, the managers, the players in certain cases, agents for sure, that will confirm it and, and then you're get good to go. But it's not very often that a general manager will just show you his hand, right? right. He might confirm yeah. that a trade has, has happened, but he's not saying, okay, well, Joe Blow is, is going to Columbus for uh, Jack Black and here's every element of the trade. He'll just confirm that the deal is done. He's got better things to do than to spoon feed guys like me. For sure. And I mean, even on a less serious note, Driggs, I just wanted to tell a quick story, like kind of dating back to our college days and even through, you know, the pro ranks of the American Hockey League to the National Hockey League, like nothing was ever confirmed to me or my buddies and even Gage, we can put them in the same category until yeah. Darren Dreger confirmed it. You know, whether that was a girl in your public speaking class, like, hey, is Stacey in our public speaking class? Is she single? And like, ah, I don't know. I think yeah. so. I'm like, is that per Darren? Like, is I don't know. Per Darren. Know. If it was yeah. never heard Darren, Darren. Yeah. As as I'm concerned, Dregs, you were always the number one insider. Wow. So I wanted to give you a shout out, brother. I appreciate that. And not to one up you on this because <laughs> hey, that experience means a lot to me. Uh, I had a similar conversation with Pat Kane. This is going back a few years back at a world junior or sorry, a world, men's world championship. And I was doing the Dregger cafe and yeah, he started cafe. telling me this story that at the time, you know, he and his pals with the Blackhawks as a spoof would sit down and they basically mimic me, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. you've been traded, you know, yeah. this kind of nonsense. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that I, I walked in one time, Mark Borbietsky <laughs> was playing with the Ottawa Senators and it was getting close to around the trade deadline and they were on the road. I don't know, maybe they were in Buffalo and I, I just, I don't think we had that game, but you know, for whatever reason, I decided that this was a game I was going to go to. So I walk into that dressing room after the morning skate and Borbietsky's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I start chuckling. I'm like, why? And he goes, come on, man. You're like the angel of death here. Like it's yeah. it's like three days before the trade deadline. What the hell are you doing here? I'm like, ah, oh, Boro, you're fine, buddy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. You are though, man. Like, when, yeah. hey, when are you gonna bring back the Dreger Cafe? That's some all the boys miss, man. That's a world championship thing for the folks that don't know. You would sit down, yeah. with, you know, a group of guys or maybe one star player that was playing mm -hmm. over there, and just chop it up with them. You know, having an espresso or maybe an Irish yeah. coffee. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I loved it. And and for for people who, who have never been to a world championship, uh, championship, and I appreciate probably the majority of, of those watching and listening, it's such a unique experience because especially when it's in Europe, right? Like the Europeans just embrace it. it, it it's like the Olympics. It's like their Stanley Cup championship. And it's, it's a 10 day to two week party. And you can't believe it until you're in it and you see it. 
But that, you know, that helps the environment for the North American players too, because they come over and they relax and there isn't a crush of media and their media responsibilities aren't 15, 20, 30, 50 people deep. So, you know, through the associations, USA Hockey or Hockey Canada or some of the European federations. um, Yeah, because TSN is a rights holder. I was lucky enough on multiple occasions to sit down with these guys and talk about a lot of things. You know, it's, it's obviously mostly about hockey, but you get them in that relaxed yeah. environment and it's a conversation, which we don't have the luxury of having very often. Uh, I'm hoping that we can r- get back on it again. Uh, you know, just based on COVID it, it, it kind of got pushed by the wayside, but the reality is it, it has a lot to do with the economics too. Right. I mean, the business of our media world is different than it was even three, four, five years ago. It just right. is. And it's that much more difficult to attract the ad dollars. That's the reality of the world that we're working in. So, you know, when companies come and they've got to kind of cut some some luxuries, unfortunately for guys like me, that means that uh, nice trip to Europe. Paris and yeah, a little two week Cologne yeah. and all of those yeah. are one of the yeah. first things to get lopped off. But I'd sure like to go back and do it again. For sure. Is that is that Dreger Cafe something that you kind of come up with and, and you create? Or is that do you have like no. writers at TSN who kind of come up with ideas like that for you? No. Um, so here's the deal. We were in Russia, uh, St. Petersburg, Russia, and I can't remember who the first interview would have been with. Might have been Marner. Uh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But, you know, we just thought, all right, well, Dreger's going over there. And it actually started the year prior because that was when I went over to do the the interview with uh, with Mike Babcock and Kenny Holland. And Babcock was leaving the Detroit Red Wings at the time as a free, a free agent coach, obviously signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But that was a bit of a boondoggle, right? I swooped in, did this big interview in Prague with Kenny and uh, and Babcock. And it got a lot of notoriety, got a lot of attention. TSN loved it, thought it was awesome. So we carried it over the following year. And I did this interview um, in like literally a, a, a cafe setting in Russia. And they ran the interview and James Duthie, as he was throwing to it in one of our broadcasts said, uh, hey, look at this. It's like the Dreger Cafe. And it absolutely 100% stuck. Yeah. And I think we actually yeah. created, well, I have one here somewhere. I've got the the actual little plaques that we then incorporated, yeah. you know, into the the motif of the whole thing. But I think we kind of just fabricated one in Russia for the series of interviews we did after that. So full full credit goes to Duffy, man. He came wow, up Duffy. with the idea. He came yeah. up with the idea. I love hearing the the origin stories. Yeah, James Duffy, a gentleman and a scholar, mind you, Dregs. Seems like a just good just ask man. him. Yeah, just one of those two. Just ask him, eh? (laughs) So, Dregs, before we, you know, kind of finish it up with a couple NHL questions with you, I just wanted to ask you, like, where's your favorite place that hockey has taken you? You know, whether it's a city in the NHL, a European city, where is somewhere you're like, wow, this is this is pretty cool? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. To be fair, here, guys, I mentioned uh, two of them. Uh, One was Prague, right? Czech Republic, Czech, yeah. Beautiful city, just yeah. off the charts. And <clears throat> really, that was where I started to get to know uh, Ray Ferraro very, very well. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was there with his family. We got to spend some downtime together. St. Petersburg, Russia is a beautiful, uh, beautiful city. Beyond that, I mean, Paris, oh, yeah. Cologne, 
Germany. I mean, go down the list. There wouldn't be many. Uh, Stockholm, Sweden, um, so many. But from a North American perspective, I mean, we spend a lot of high quality time near the ocean when we're covering general managers meetings and board of governors meetings in Florida. Uh, also covered board of governors meetings in California, um, Spanish Bay, which is right yeah. near Monterey. So oh, got yeah. Pebble Beach and the great oh, golf yeah. courses out there. Hard to complain about that. Um, it took me a while to get to Vegas, believe it. I'd been to Vegas before, but I wasn't there until the Stanley Cup final of year one. Um, yeah. in, in terms of, I I, I'd been there before, but I'd never been there for a pure sporting event or had been inside that building. And as far as Stanley Cup finals go, fellas, that, that's a tough one to top just because yeah. of the theater that was was created by the city of Vegas, the fans, all of that. So it's hard to pinpoint one. I've been very fortunate with my travels. For sure. And just looking ahead, Dregs, obviously tonight with the start of the NHL season, you know, we're going to see get a flash of Connor Bedard. Is this kid the real deal? Like, you know, if yeah. I'm a betting man, which I might be, yeah. am I going over 40 goals for this kid this year? Can he get that done? You know, is that something that's realistic? Or what do we expect from a kid like Connor Bedard? Is he is he that good? He He's that good. 40 is a pretty big number for me. Yep. Um, and more because of, of the support around Connor Bedard. And I mean, it's not like the, he doesn't have some insulation there. He does. He's got real good experience, veteran players, Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, Taylor Hall. Go down the list, right? right. I mean, they did that with a reason and with purpose. Um, but I'm reminded every single year of how hard it is to not only just play in the National Hockey League, but to then be a, a, a star or a budding superstar you have to be extra special. And I, I think that Bedard is, is capable of being extra special, but it's hard to jump into the league and be extra special right from the drop of the puck. You know, he's, sure. he's, yeah. he's going to have to earn it. The pace is going to be different. The physicality is much different than junior hockey. Everything about it. I think he's going to put out, put up really good numbers. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, you know, 30-ish? 30 and a hook, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I... So I, I'm not I, I'm not trying to pour water here on, on what you're suggesting because right. it's plausible. I it's it's yeah. it's believable. I just I have too much respect for those he's going to match up against. Right. Uh, the defense he's going to play against in the National Hockey League and, and all of those things. Hey, let's see how he does at the midway point. Maybe you know you're having me back on this show and I'm like, yeah, I was a dumb dumb and you're right because <laughs> he's got 25 already. So we'll have right. To see. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. like anything, it's, you know, it gets a little hot and horny, especially with a prospect yeah. like this. We haven't probably seen a number one overall pick, you know, or maybe in four or five years here. So yeah. I'm excited to see what he can do. And another young American player that I wanted to ask you about, because I love this kid's game. Mm -hmm. I still think he has another step or level is, is Jack Hughes out in New Jersey. And I think this guy, I think he could be like a 110 point guy, Dregs. Call me yeah. crazy, but man, no. he's, got, he's got flashes of a young 88, Patty Kane coming through the yeah. neutrals going on those edges. So in that, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so Jack Hughes has a special place in my hockey heart. Um, my son is a 2001 and had the privilege of going to a few uh, CAA hockey camps with Jack and with Quinn and even Luke was coming up at that time. And, and so, and, and, my son played for the Whitby Wildcats in the OMHA here in Ontario, and we would often play the Toronto Marlies 
the team that that Jack Hughes played for, you know, in minor hockey tournaments and and such. And you could see the talent in minor hockey, but it's the same with every single player. Again, until you see it first in college or in junior, then you need to see it at the NHL level. Right. You can't be certain of how good these kids are going to develop into. You know, Cole Perfetti was a teammate of my son's for many, 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 many years. Saw him firsthand, how good he was. Did I think he was going to be a terrific NHL player? I wasn't sold, you know, but he is. Right. So yeah. when I look at Jack, man, I just, there's so much more that he is capable of doing. And I will tell you this and seeing it firsthand, fiercely competitive, fiercely yeah. competitive. Oh, yeah. Like he, most players take losing personally. He takes it to a new level. And when he's not delivering to his ability, he, he wears it and he, he feels it and he digests it internally. I love everything about Jack Hughes. I do. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Dregs, I wanted to ask you kind of a league-wide question. Um, yeah. I've just been seeing Gary's, Gary's got a triple hard cap on the salary cap again. He's cr- kind of crunching it out. I just wanted to wonder, how often does this happen? I'm seeing some teams are going to only carry 20 players. A, a yeah. number of teams are only carrying 21 is this something that happens often in the NHL? I guess I've only been paying attention yeah. to this recently, but you know, what do they do about this? Is it does it happen often? I guess. Um, what are your thoughts? You're 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 following Super Agent Alan Walsh on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Right there, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he tweets right. about it all the time. He tweets a lot about it, and and his point is that there are a number of NHL teams, multiple NHL teams, that are starting the regular season with less than a full roster, and it's 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 one of the mechanisms you can use. It's far from perfect. Far from ideal, you know, to just comply with the salary cap. Sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, because you're, you're yeah. playing so close to that salary cap line. You know, maybe you wave a player, but you don't want to lose that player on waivers. You could make a trade, but you don't want to lose that player or you're not getting back what you need or you've got to retain money and the finances of, of, of the structure of that trade just don't make sense. So you're you're pushed into the corner. It's it's. You might get away with it early in the season, but as you get later into the year, that's when it becomes way more of an issue, right? Because injuries start yeah. to take their toll and other factors come into play. So it's it's definitely a bone of contention with uh, some player agents because, you know, it's a significant cap. But then you look ahead to next year, and as the commissioner has acknowledged, the cap is expected to go up $4.5 million. That's not going to solve yeah. everything. That just means that the same teams – who are now having to go with a shortened roster because they have cap issues are going to spend another four and a half million dollars next year. And they're <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. still going to have the same issues. Right. Yeah. No, it just makes sense. Just unfortunate. Maybe it's cost some guys, you know, some jobs that are some pretty good players. Cause I'll, a guy I'd like yeah. to see in the league still is Philly Kessel, you know, shout out <laughs> home, Wisconsin where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, just a good dude. So Dregs, no, um, I know you have to run here, brother. My Stanley cup favorite this year. The Edmonton Oilers, uh, take it or leave it there. I think yeah. Toronto, I'm hoping the Maple Leafs can finally get over the hump too, brother. But yeah. one last little key thing I kind of wanted to touch on with you was backing it up to your Brandon Manitoba days. My buddies, kind of their dads, they wanted me to give you a shout out or this place a shout out. The Keystone Motor Inn Hotel. Did you have a couple <laughs> Canadian clubs there, my friend, over the years? Ah, maybe one or two. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shoot. There was a place there. It was called the Out something. Um, it was a bar there. 
Uh, it's a different sidebar story. I once got pulled <laughs> out of that bar and beaten by three or four different dudes. It no way. Nuts. Yeah, I was going through an old photo album my wife brought up the other day. She goes, you remember that? It was like scarred and battered into submission. But it wasn't uh, It wasn't the Keystone, no. But oh, I, yeah. I, I've been in there, but only once. The only or, once. Okay, well, we'll hold you to it. So, wow, you got, you got your lunch fed you. Bleed all over him. Let him know you're there. A little slap shot line there. It was for bad, you. man. It was but, bad. No, Dregs, we'll have to do this again if you have time throughout yeah. the year, man. This was awesome. We appreciate you taking the time to stop by Live and Five and, and chop it up with the fellas. So thanks a lot for coming on. As again, as, as far as I'm concerned, brother, you are the number one insider. So good old uh, Sasky fella. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate your interest in and 100%. Just let me know midseason whenever you guys are rolling and we'll do it again. Okay, awesome. Folks, again, that was Darren Drager from TSN, episode number six, fella, fella. Let my heart sing an old river song As we journey back where I belong Where the wind comes to say To the river each day Roll on, roll on, Saskatchewan Roll on, roll on